The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. All right, Panthers, Texans, ready to kick off Fantasy Week 3. We got a ton of injuries. We got quarterback news, obviously. And we've got eight games to preview today. They are AFC home games. There's one AFC home game that we're going to save for tomorrow. That would be Cincinnati and Pittsburgh as we wait for a little bit more injury information. Jamie, you ready to start that Panthers DST? Absolutely. They are in my captain spot for fan, uh, DraftKings tonight. I just told everybody on Twitter, everybody, everyone follows me, to consider trading the Rams DST right now. They've got the Bucks. They've got, I think, the Seahawks and the Cardinals in their next three games. And then uh, take a look at their playoff matchups. I think it is Seattle, Baltimore, or Seattle, Minnesota, and Baltimore, something like that. What do you think? Should we try to trade a DST? Um, actually, I was going to go look to see in our most traded feature if any DSTs are being traded. It would probably only be that one. Uh, but. Um, well, I think, you know, there are some leagues that carry two. You know, there are some leagues, um, which I hate when people, you know, set up leagues like that, where you have to carry two DSTs, you have to carry two kickers. Um, uh, our buddy uh, James Questel, you know, he plays in the league where there's actual real money for transactions. So it's in your best interest to draft those you know, backup positions because you don't want to spend real money if you don't have to. Uh, but let's take a look at no, roster th- trends. There are none. None in the top 50. Well, you're not looking at the right thing. I'm looking at most traded. Are you looking at most traded by position? No, I'm looking at all. Uh, there have been 34 trades of the Panthers DST. This oh, okay. I, all probably right. last night. There are 30, 24 trades of the Bills DST. There are no trades of the Rams DST. Okay, well, no, there are, th- I don't know, maybe we're looking at different things, but in my league, it says 36 trades of the Rams DST. Oh, R- I know, I'm looking, I'm sorry, I was looking at free agents. Let's oh, okay, yeah, there, R-A-M-S. 42 is the high number of Cardinals DST trades. Yeah, you know, the Ravens DST were available in a lot, why are we talking about this, who cares, let's go, uh, they were just on the waiver wire I saw in a few of my leagues, Ravens DST, 85% roster, they have not been good at all, they've faced well, lots of big... Uh, the Ra- the Raiders surprised them, but it was an overtime game. Mm-hmm. And they played Chiefs. Yeah. They're a little beat up, so we got to keep an eye on some injuries, but they got Detroit and Denver. And here's, a, here's a fun question for you to remember in week 15. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Which team faced Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, and TJ Hawkinson to open the season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the uh, Ravens had a pretty tough run of tight ends. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's talk about players we love. Who's the start of the week for week three? Uh, speaking of the Ravens, it's Tyson Williams. Yeah. Um, you know, little, little dicey, obviously, knowing that he's in a timeshare. Uh, but it's Detroit. 
And I hope that this running back that I choose against Detroit goes better than the last running back that I chose against Detroit, which was Raheem Mostert in week one. Uh, but I, I think he's proven through two games that he's their best running back. I think he's going to get the most work. And I hope he doesn't fumble at the goal line like we saw uh, against the Chiefs when Devin DuVarnay had to save him for the touchdown. But yeah, great matchup. Uh, I think it's going to be you know another fun game for Tyson. Would you start Tyson Williams ahead of struggling running back Saquon Barkley and I guess you could say Antonio Gibson struggling from a fantasy perspective anyway. I, I would, yes. Uh, certainly in non-PPR. It's tougher in PPR, but uh, I do like his situation a little bit better. And he has got gets a couple catches. You know, he's not a complete dud in, in PPR. He's not uh, not Gus Edwards in that regard. Wow, after after this, they get Noah Fant. It's just a run of tight oh, ends. Wow, it's interesting. Okay, just because Heath is not here today, any other players that you want to highlight? Under players we love, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Who does Heath like this week? Heath likes Daniel Jones, but that's not the right uh, conference. Uh, hold on one second. What's going on? Why can't? Where's my Heath sigh? Why isn't it working? That's not really a sigh though. So it's more like a yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't have a yeah. Uh, no, that's okay. You could go with Daniel Jones. I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, there seems to be a lot, a decent amount of faith in the Giants' offense this week against the Falcons. I am curious, though, now with Kenny Galladay banged up. I was reading a story about how he was uh, requesting some, I think maybe some slant routes or just maybe some more work. Um, but I thought I saw slant routes. And uh, hard to do that when you're not practicing. Hard to work on new things when you're not practicing. Okay. Yeah, sure, the Giants need to run more slant routes. All right, but but Daniel Jones, though, is uh, top. He's 13th for you. He's 14th for Dave. He's 11th for, for Heath. Starting over guys like Ryan Tannehill and Justin Fields and Derek Carr. Look, man, it's risky. It's, you know, it's not a team that usually takes advantage of good matchups. They're just, they've been a bad offense. But I think people liked what they saw against Washington. So I guess you're buying into a certain degree. He's running. I mean, that's the thing. You know, anytime you get these guys that run. Now, he's not going to run for a touchdown every week. He's done that in the two, two, two games so far. But the the sample size, you got to figure it's probably somewhere in between. 27 yards in week one, 95 yards in week two. I think he could be a 30-yard rushing guy on a week-to-week basis, which would be a nice nice situation to have if you're getting those three points. And he's not turning the ball over. All season long, we're playing the FFT Start-Sit Challenge. This is really cool. All right, there's no reason not to do it. It'll be fun for you. You all like Start-Sit, and it doesn't take much time. Look, you can see it on YouTube right now, youtube.com slash Today. Which player will score the most fantasy points this week? James Robinson or Mike Davis? That's one of the questions. Did we ever find out if it's PPR or non-PPR? Draggy? It is half PPR. Ah, There you go. Each week, you can answer 10 starter sit questions to win a customized Trophy Smack championship belt. And that will have your name engraved on it. And the overall winner for the season wins $1,000 and a guest appearance on the podcast. So, yeah, James Robinson or Mike Davis. Who do you like better this week with uh, James Robinson going up against Arizona and Mike Davis at the Giants? Mike Davis. Okay. Yep, let's go. Hit, Hit Mike Davis, Ben. Let's see what happens. Oh, it turns green. Very cool. All right. Winner. <laughs> we like green. Players green to... means no. Yeah, exactly. Players to avoid. Who are you avoiding? Uh, who am I avoiding? I am avoiding Kareem Hunt if I could. Uh, it's very difficult to avoid him. But 
Very interesting that in his last 10 games, do you know how many games he has over 14 PPR points in those 10 games? 14 or more, excuse me. Three. Four. Do you know how many games he has under six PPR points in that same stretch? Hmm. I would hope not that many. Two? Four. Yeah. Same amount of good games, basically, as he has bad games. Now, there's some in between, a bunch of nines, uh, but he's got to score. And if he doesn't score, you're going to probably be a little frustrated because he he had 13 carries last week. You know, that was nice to see. But, you know, I think you could say more of a blowout situation. You know, I know they only won by 10, but, you know, that game was was in hand, I think, by the, the third quarter, uh, especially when Tarad went out. Um, the Bears, you know, defense gave up a touchdown in week one, and then they shut down Joe Mixon in week two. So we'll see which run defense shows up for Chicago this week. But I, I, I'm a little bit concerned that Kareem Hunt gets, as you've noted time and time again, a little overvalued based on who he is. What do you think about the game? Who wins? Bears and uh, Browns. I think the Browns win, but I think it's a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt chipping in uh, type of game. You know, we'll see what Beckham does. I'm, I'm concerned about him also. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're seven-point favorites, and my point is Kareem Hunt – Last year and so far this year, in I don't any, think they cover in any game. They well, okay, in any game they win, in any game they've won, he has not had more than three catches, so he hasn't been a big factor in the passing game when they've won. Uh, but that you know, they ha- he hasn't played without Jarvis Landry, so that is something to keep in mind as well. Well, yep. I guess last week he mostly played without Jarvis Landry. Let's uh, do some. Yeah, you know, you don't ever really get to give buy low, sell high. So if you'd like to talk trade we always do that on Wednesday you're not on that show but we'd love to hear from you if you're looking at any players to trade for I put out a Robert Woods offer last night Mike Williams for Robert Woods and I think Mike Williams is is pretty legit I don't even think that's that lopsided of a trade but I think there's great production coming for Woods Um, you you know it's so fascinating when we're early in the season right when you're talking about guys who struggle versus guys who have gotten off to a surprise start and and obviously, Mike Williams is a, is a name that most people know, but I, I think are a little terrified of. But, um, you know, Mike Williams, Cortland Sutton, uh, trying to think of guys like are in that range. Sterling Shepard, um, you know, players who uh, you didn't draft very high or at least had some, you know, not high expectations for. You know, I don't know if Sutton's fair to put in that category, but uh, Marquise Brown, you know, those type of guys that you're like, oh, can I turn Marquise Brown into Allen Robinson? Probably not, but Marquise Brown and Devin Singletary for Allen Robinson, you know, for a team that's desperate for running backs, or Marquise Brown and Damian Harris, probably a better, you know, name in, in PPR for for Allen Robinson, you know, those type of trades. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think the Robert Woods owner is doing that yet. Manager is doing that yet. But three weeks from now, they might be, hey, Adam, remember that trade you offered yeah. me? Right. <laughs> might, might work out against me. I, I'm gonna I might in a two QB league, I might offer uh Ezekiel Elliott and Jameis Winston for Aaron Jones. I do kind of feel like Aaron Jones is is a step up from he's not in the same group. I think he's a tier ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. He is this week. I think he is in general. I mean, next week I'm with you. Right now he looks better. There's no doubt about it. But next week it may be different. You know. Yeah, I mean, this is um, a team I'm 0-2 and, and a little nervous about Zeke this week. I think he's you're definitely starting him, but I just don't know he's going to have a big game against uh, against the Eagles. We'll see with Brandon Graham out. Yeah, we will. Yeah, that could change things too. But Pollard, but I think the usage of Pollard is interesting, and the usage of AJ Dillon was almost non-existent. So, well, again, for now, for now, let's see what happens. What if Dillon comes out this week and he has you know four or five just wow plays, right? One thing I don't think Dillon's going to have though are those wow plays in the passing game. I'm I'm, so, I'm totally with you. you yeah. know, but if he has a 
a Derrick Henry shove a guy through the stands, you know, Josh Norman type of stiff arm and, yeah. you know, tramples over three people. And he's the one that scores two touchdowns and Aaron Jones has none. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, did I give up the wrong guy? Yeah. I'm, I'm totally with there's you. There's always you, risks. You can't, you can't, you know, and 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 obviously, you know, Dave and I got into it a few weeks ago. Um, my, my point was not necessarily Jones over Zeke because I obviously had them ranked close as well. It was reacting to Zeke's one bad game and saying all of a sudden he's downgrading him. That was my my whole take on that. Um, if you're drafting right now, you're taking Aaron Jones over Zeke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but again, that was five and six for me. You know, so it's not like it's a huge step down. Yeah. All right. I don't know if there are any players that come to mind. Just if you want to. Oh, sell highs or whatever, buy lows. Whatever you want. I mean, I think it, the thing that I think it would be fascinating. I don't have this, you know, scenario um, really that I could do. But Gronk for Kittle or Andrews. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm so curious to see what what the Kittle and Andrews owners, man, managers would do if they were offered Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, right. None of the leagues that, that we're in, I think that would fly, but I think and that's, you know, that sounds a little pretentious, but I, I don't, you know, I don't think analysts, so, so for example, like Gronk, maybe Gronk is just going to be better than Kittle, but, you know, analysts would ne- wouldn't do that after two weeks, but maybe we're wrong. Sometimes we're wrong. You know, sometimes we probably should react, but I, I think, you know, as Heath said, Ron Gronkowski's touchdown rate is like four times higher than it usually is, and he has the highest touchdown rate in NFL history. I think that's what Heath said. Um, but yeah, I, I think that would work in a few leagues. Like, what did I do yesterday? Sterling Shepard for Clyde Edwards Elair. I put that on Twitter, and it was close to 50-50. I mean, I would def- I would do that in a second. I, I get people do. asking me, should I trade Clyde, Clyde Edwards Elair for Tony Pollard? Like, no. That's <laughs> no. A great. People are obsessed with Tony Pollard right now. He had seven touches in week one. Right. The only way you're trading for Tony Pollard in your mind is if you're expecting Ezekiel Elliott to get benched, which is not happening, or get hurt. Now, if he gets hurt, obviously you're going to say, oh, my God, why didn't I trade Clyde Edwards Elliott for Tony Pollard? But you're banking on an injury in that case. Yeah. Um, I asked Heath and Dave this question. I don't think Dave answered me, but Heath, we were just off the air on on HQ. Uh, Is Gronk the player we missed the most in our preseason analysis? Seems easy, right? Like, that's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. Um, the only other yeah. guy that comes to mind, at least for me, is Debo. Oh, that is a weird one. That is a totally weird one. And I'm wondering, do you sell high on Debo, or is this just a, a breakout? I mean, look, we've we've seen this team uh, do this before with a guy who flashed and then flopped. And I hope Brandon Ayuk is not Dante Pettis uh, because his pedigree was better than Dante Pettis, but. Um, Debo might just be the guy. And and if he's the guy, you know, we'll see when the quarterback change eventually happens, if it does. But I don't think Kittle is going to be this um, uninvolved by comparison to where he typically is. I also think that once they figure out their running situation, not that they're not giving the same amount of touches that they typically do, but they're a little bit low uh, by comparison. You know, usually they're around 25 carries per game to their running backs right now. They're a little shy of that. So I think that'll change some things. But he's... Awesome, <laughs> you know he's he's looked really good in two games. All right, let's uh, let's do name that player, Jamie. I'm gonna All give right. you a taste zero medicine now. You have to tell me if you saw my my tweet about a quarterback. I tweeted about a quarterback yesterday. I did not. Okay, good, good. Thanks for not paying attention to my tweets. Name that player. He leads the NFL in completion percentage. Oh, I did see this one. I'm sorry. Ah, oh, damn it. All right. I you didn't see what I quote tweeted you, did you? No. Oh, I guess it could be. 
Hypocrite. I said uh, Adam loves his quarterback so much that he wouldn't trade Baker Mayfield for Saquon Barkley. <laughs> yeah, Baker Mayfield leads the NFL in completion percentage. He's second in the NFL in yards per attempt. He's done it arguably without his best wide receiver. Um, in his spare time, he makes cakes, pizzas, pastries, and anything else that might go in an oven. That was going to be one of my clues for Baker. And uh, yeah, it was, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, what is Nando saying? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So there's a tweet that says Elon Musk pledges $50 million to St. Jude. If Adam Azer shaves a J in his chest hair, his (laughs) chest hair. And Nando said, I bet he still won't do it. Yeah. I would do it for that. Uh, For $50 million. I know some people. I know some people. I can make a phone call. All right. Yeah. He's in space right now. I don't know if you can get Elon Musk on the phone. Anyway, anyway, Jamie. Um, oh, tell your space, tell your uh, restaurant in space joke. Oh gosh. Um, Do you hear about that restaurant in space, Jamie? No, it's, you hear about the restaurant on the moon. Oh, uh, no, I uh, haven't heard food, about it. Food, food is good, but it has no atmosphere. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> anyway, uh, what do you make of that with uh, Baker Mayfield? Off to a great start, but the fantasy production has been terrible. He's going to have some good games coming, but this is kind of who he is. You know, this is a uh, this is a team that clearly wants to lean on their run game and limit, you know, the chances of uh, of turnovers and mistakes. Not that he's going to make a lot, but, you know, that's just kind of the coach that he plays for. And their weapons are not healthy. I mean, you know, you start the season without Beckham on the field. You know, you're trying to work some young guys in. Anthony Schwartz had some nice plays in week one, but he was, you know, banged up in week two. Landry goes down in week two, Beckham down on the field. You know, it's hard to, you know, make heads or tails of what exactly this team is going to be. Um, I'm sure, you know, depending how things go for them, if they don't win a Super Bowl, uh, you're going to hear the offseason story of we have to improve our passing game probably, you know, to whatever extent, just to have more explosive plays and, and do some different things. But this is a very creative offense too. You know, they use multiple tight end sets and they're going to probably have to do that a little bit more. You know, they're going to get this Felton kid involved, um, you know, in some different opportunities now. If Beckham is right, you know, maybe something change and, and they do open up the offense. But, you know, we haven't seen that in, in a year and a half with Beckham and Mayfield. Uh, it's probably not fair to say because there's only six games with, you know, this this coaching staff getting a hold of, of Mayfield and, and Beckham. So um, the problem with, with Mayfield is it's just he plays a position for fantasy that is just so saturated with guys who are just better than him as a fantasy quarterback. Yeah, and he doesn't run. The first six games of the season last year when Beckham was healthy, he just wasn't nearly as good. A lot of people have said it's because of, you know, the chemistry with Beckham and force-feeding and whatnot, but he was on pace for 2,920 yards. He's playing, he played much better than that down the stretch. So far, he's playing well, but the fantasy production hasn't been there. All right, whatever, let's move on. News and notes, a lot of them. Antonio Brown is on the reserve COVID list, seems unlikely to play this week. It hasn't been officially ruled out, but unlikely to play this week at the Rams. And that That is, I think, uh, very interesting for Brady, for Evans. Maybe this makes it more likely that Jalen Ramsey would shadow Mike Evans, which he did a great job of last year. We're going to preview this game tomorrow. But as it relates to Thursday night, you know, would you start Robbie Anderson or Brandon Cooks over Mike Evans? Would you start Sam Darnold over Tom Brady? Would you do anything drastic now that Antonio Brown is likely out? If you would have said that you would start Sam Darnold over Tom Brady <laughs> after your silly rant the other night. I'm not saying it. I know. Um, 
No, I'm not changing anything. First off, Brown can still get cleared. Um, you know, if in fact everything is accurate and they are 100% vaccinated as a team, he needs to have two negative tests in the next four days or backtracking to yesterday, but four days from Wednesday um, to be cleared to play. It doesn't seem likely because they're going to have to put in a game plan and travel on Saturday, you know, so um, my guess is he probably misses this game. But I also think, look, the the Rams defense has changed a little bit where they're letting Ramsey roam around. Um, now, like you said, do they change that? Was that more of a, hey, look who we're playing in the first two weeks? You know, the Colts don't have a legit number one wide receiver. No disrespect to Michael Pittman, but he's got to earn that. And, you know, the Bears, uh, you know, he, he played enough on Allen Robinson, or at least in Allen Robinson's direction. They also have uh, the Williams kid on the other side who's really good also that doesn't get enough credit. So I think if you're defending Tampa Bay, as Dallas showed you in week one, you can try and still take away one guy, and it's not going to necessarily make that much of a difference. So my guess is they just let Ramsey kind of do what he's been doing and see if it continues to work. Okay, more numbers. And, and in that game also, uh, Mike Evans still scored. Yeah, he did not score on Ramsey. He, but that's what happens. Yeah, you know, he, he was shadowed don't... on 73% of his routes, and he had four catches for 40 yards. But even though he scored, he didn't have that good of a game. It was like 50, 55 yards and a touchdown. Right, but if you were to say right now, I'm giving you 55 and a touchdown, are you playing Brandon Cooks with Davis Mills? Are you playing Robbie Anderson, no, who has struggled with Sam Dart? You're like, you're taking that. Yeah, of course, I'm playing Evans, yeah. Andy Dalton is uh, out. Still the starter, though, when he's healthy for now. That's what they're saying. I did see a, a Bears beat writer suggest that the way Matt Nagy phrased it was that if Fields runs away with the job, it's his. I'm sure if he runs away with the job, it's his. How could you not? Derek Carr is going to play this week, but Tua Tungavailoa is not going to play this week. Carson Wentz does have a chance to play. Meanwhile, Ben Roethlisberger has a pectoral injury. Looks like he's going to play, but you know, you know, you know, Ben. Dalvin Cook mispracticed with an ankle injury. Alexander Madison still available in some leagues. Daryl Henderson mispractice. We don't want to start a Bucks running uh, Rams running back. Anyway, Trey Sermon. I'd be starting Henderson as at least a flex if he was. 100% healthy. Okay. Uh, Trey Sermon is in the concussion protocol and Elijah Mitchell mispracticed. Give me your quick take on the 49ers running backs. Is there someone out there on waivers that should be added right now? I mean, I guess you can look at the three guys that are make the most sense, uh, whether it's Trenton Cannon, Carrion Johnson, or Jacques Patrick, um, who they just brought off the street. But it sounds like Sermon has a chance. He was limited in practice. He's still wearing the, the blue jersey, which is indica in, indicative of that he's in the concussion protocol. But uh, limited on Wednesday typically gives you a chance to play on Sunday. And so if he clears the concussion protocol and Michael Hasty is out, excuse me, and, uh, and Hasty and, and Elijah Mitchell are, excuse me, um, then, hey, let's go. They've faced the Packers four times in the last three years. And they have eight rushing touchdowns in those four games. <laughs> that includes... a little bit because Raheem Mostert scored four times in the playoff game. Right, yeah. But they have scored a rushing touchdown in every game against the Packers in those four meetings. Uh, Antonio Gibson was limited with a shoulder injury, but he's still a start for us at Buffalo. DeAndre Hopkins mispracticed with injured ribs. Doesn't seem too serious now. We'll keep an eye on it, see if he practices on Thursday. I'd be really curious to see the decisions fantasy managers would be making if DeAndre Hopkins does not play. In terms of like if, you had, if you had Kyler and Jalen Hurts, if you had Kyler and Brady, you know, some people have that potential pairing. Kyler and Stafford. You have Kyler one this week, right? 
yeah, I mean, he wouldn't move out of the top five. He would still be top five if Hopkins doesn't play. But how highly would we be ranking Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk and A.J. Green? Probably pretty high. Well, at least two of them. Evan Ingram was limited in practice, or at least one of them. Josh Jacobs mispracticed. Jamison Crowder mispracticed. Deontay Johnson mispracticed. T. Higgins mispracticed. Johnson and Higgins certainly have a chance to play. We Again, we're going to preview that game tomorrow. LaVisca Chenault practiced in full. Odell Beckham practiced in full. And a couple of defensive line injuries for Denver. Mike Purcell, their nose tackle, was out of practice. And Shelby Harris was limited. Limited on Wednesday is a good sign. But those guys were beat up last year. They missed a lot of games combined. And that's why their run defense wasn't so good. And they, Jewel just placed on IR. Yep, Josie Jewel on IR. They got the Jets this week. And I know nobody's going to start Michael Carter or anything, but if their run defense is severe, you know what? It, it's probably not going to be that limited. So we'll see how practice on Thursday. Detroit wide receiver Tyra Williams is out this week, and Russell Gage is week-to-week week with an ankle injury. I like that report. He's week-to-week, week, but he has a chance to play. Yeah, I did see that. That sounded kind of silly. Tough calls. I'm going to ask you. We don't have the 60-second rankings disputes today, but I'm going to ask you if these guys are tough calls. And let's start with Justin Fields at Cleveland. And Cleveland, this uh, this gives me a little hope if I'm starting fields. Cleveland so far has the worst third down defense in the NFL, but they do have the third most, the third highest pressure rate, or maybe it's just pressures in general on third down. So they're getting to the quarterback, they're not making plays, and they're not getting off the field. Their third down defense has been terrible, and I can see Fields taking advantage of that with his legs. They've also allowed a rushing touchdown to a quarterback in both games. Justin Fields, is he a tough call for you this week? He's not a tough call. He's more of a tough rank um, because there's so many good quarterbacks this week. So, like, the guys that I struggle with in terms of ranking him, right now he's 16, uh, really is the only the, the one in front of him, and that's Teddy Bridgewater, just because I think if Fields does, like, amazing things, Bridgewater can't do that, you know, and won't have to do that against – I shouldn't say can't. He won't have to do that against the Jets. So, like, I think Tannehill is a safer start because I think he got going a little bit last week, just had some unlucky touchdown situations. I think Daniel Jones is playing a little bit too well and has the Falcons, so it's hard to get away from him. Um, he's, uh, Field is, the, in my opinion, the biggest wild card this weekend. You know, he can go completely bananas and have just a, a huge, huge game. You should be playing him DFS for sure because of the wild swings. Uh, but I'm sure he's going to be popular also, so that's part of it. Uh, how about Ryan Tannehill? You mentioned that you have him ahead of Fields. He, as the starting quarterback for Tennessee, got very bad history against Indianapolis in three starts. Um, and you know, with Eason starting, if Eason's starting, you worry about the pass attempts. Maybe you worry that maybe it's a lopsided game. What do you think about Tannehill? Uh, both factors to consider, which is why he's not a top 12 guy for me. But I also think that this is sort of a potential get right spot for him. I mean, you've seen this Colts defense, you know, really struggle in week one and then, you know, a little bit better week two, but still, I don't think right. And we'll find out if Xavier Rhodes is going to play. Um, I think Tannehill if he had gotten certainly the one touchdown to Julio, but he probably could have had another one as well at some point during the game, um, just the way he was throwing the ball, and A.J. Brown had a few drops, that they're still trying to get him going. And so I, I think he's going to have uh, low 20s, 22 to 24 fantasy points. this week. I think he's projected for 22 on Sportsline, so uh, borderline starter. Damian Harris, you guys are really high on him, especially Heath. And I don't know what to make of this. It's a big surprise, but the Saints have faced Aaron Jones and Christian McCaffrey, and they're allowing 2.7 yards per carry to running backs. We know Harris isn't a pass-catching threat, really. He did have two catches. He has three catches in two games. 
But yeah, you guys are very high on Damian Harris. How come? I think he scores. I mean, this is what the identity of the Patriots is. You know, they're going to run the ball. They're going to grind out the clock. They're going to try and lean on, you know, Harris, which has been great so far through the first two weeks of the season. Uh, I'm not sold on the Saints run defense being as good as it is, you know, so they're going to focus on stopping the the run. That's, uh, I think, how you defend the Patriots. But it's also a game in New England where they're expected to win. I I find it hard to get away from, from Damian Harris at this point. Find it hard to watch this game. it's hard it's also hard to find reliable running backs so anybody who's going to get you know 17 carries tough to take that guy out of your lineup would you start James Robinson or Damian Harris in what format in PPR I just don't have any faith in the Jaguars so I would still start Damian Harris okay how about Brandon Cooks in PPR or Damian Harris that's a closer one. Uh, I probably would start Harris just with the uncertainty of what Davis Mills could be. For Ro- uh, how about Rondell Moore, rostered in 69% of leagues now. Popular waiver wire pick coming off 114 yards and a touchdown. And uh, facing the Jaguars, let's say Hopkins plays. Is Rondell Moore a tough call for you? So in, uh, in a 10-team league uh, where we start three receivers and a flex, I Antonio Brown was one of my three receivers. And Rondell Moore was, was still available. So I picked up Rondell Moore and uh, put Brown on IR. So I'm starting him in that scenario. Uh, three receiver league, I think you should take a chance on him. It's hard, to, it's hard to overlook two things. One, he's been their target leader. So that's something you could already say. And if Hopkins plays, he's not 100%. So if this game gets sideways a little bit, you know they might decide to sit Hopkins. And you could see this game getting sideways quickly with how bad the Jaguars have been. Sure. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll start breaking down the eight AFC home games, starting with Chicago and Cleveland right after this. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, Justin Fields makes his starting debut, and he will be at Cleveland, and your stat of the game already gave it, but opponents have converted 63% of their third downs against Cleveland, the highest mark in the NFL, and that is from Cleveland.com. So something to keep an eye on here. You already talked about Justin Fields. You have him 16th. We'll come back to Fields throughout the show. Uh, You have him 16th. Heath has him 16th. Dave is lower, has him 21st. David Montgomery coming off a bad game, bad-ish game. 20 carries, 61 yards, 3 carries, 18 yards. Any any hesitation at all against the run defense that's been very good so far in Cleveland? Uh, No. I think he just gets too much work, and I like the fact that he was more involved in the passing game in Week 2. All right, what about Allen Robinson? Just like Fields, he's a wild card. You're not sitting him, you know, unless you're just, you know, I, I guess if somebody has Mike Williams and Cortland Sutton and, you know, drafted Robinson and somebody else, you know, so let's say you went, um, I don't know, 
Metcalf, Robinson, Waited, Sutton, and, and Mike Williams. You know, you could probably make a case you're sitting Allen Robinson in that regard. And I was surprised that his start percentage, at least as of Wednesday, was at 84%. That's typically a 95% type of guy. So people are somewhat concerned. Uh, but look, it's it, we've seen now the, the first two games of the season. He's not this type of player, but they've struggled badly with the number one receiver, Tyreek Hill and Brandon Cooks. You know, so hopefully Justin Fields opens up some things for Allen Robinson and he has a blow up game here. Yeah, they have. Um, I think, yeah, you're concerned maybe about the passing yards in his first start for, for Fields. So I can understand that a little bit. Would you start a, a 49ers running back? Let's say Trey Sermon's in and Mitchell's out. Do you think you'd start Sermon over Robinson? Non PPR, maybe, but I don't know how many people have that flex decision to make. How about your start of the week, Tyson Williams over Allen Robinson? It's the same thing. You know, I I, I think if you're you gotta be in a 10 team league where you're debating one of those guys versus Robinson in a flex spot. You know, I think it's more the receivers like Mike Williams and Sutton and um you know okay. the not Sterling, how about Sterling Shepard or Allen Robinson? Uh that's a tougher one in PPR. I would still stick with Robinson, but it's obviously really close. Cole Komet outside the I, I top think 15. This is the this is the perfect FOMO with the Bears guys because you just don't know what field is going to do for them. Sure. You know, there, yeah. there's, there's usually, a, okay, I know I'm going to have this potential from this player. You know, fields may only run, you know, and like we had, you know, uh, Prisco on uh, HQ yesterday. And, you know, I asked him about fields and he said, <laughs> he said, um, you know, you're going to see a lot more design rollouts, you know, whether he's running or he's just getting out of the pocket than we'd see from, you know, the Bears typically. So what's he do when he gets out of the pocket and there's there's space in front of him? He's not throwing it. He's taking off. I think he's going to run for 50-plus yards. You know, I mean, he ran maybe, for 31 last maybe week. Maybe 70. Yeah, I think he's going to run because I think the pass rush is going to get to him and he's going to scramble, and that's his instinct right now. His instinct right now is to take off and run, and it's very effective, but... uh it's probably that's not necessarily a good thing for Allen Robinson. Still, well, it could be. I mean, look, what, what did we see from Jalen Hurts in week one? You know, what was it, 260 and, and 60 yards rushing or two, something like that? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you see quarterbacks scramble all the time and find open guys downfield, right? You know, think about Kyler Murray, think about Russell Wilson. Maybe it'll help. I just, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, nobody's sitting Allen Robinson. Or 15% of Allen Robinson managers are sitting <laughs> Allen Robinson. Uh, Darnell Mooney, he's got 15 targets, same as Robinson, but he's a sit, right? I don't think he's a sit outright. He's just, a, you know, in that number three receiver range. You know, th- this is, you know, the type of player where... I don't think you put that designation on him as you got to sit him. But Arnell Mooney? Yeah, he's not a must play. Yeah, you certainly don't say you have to start him. No. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not sitting him because of the defense he's playing. Yeah. Okay, Cole Komet is outside the top 15, so let's go to the Browns. Baker Mayfield is a sit. Did you know he's leading the NFL in completion percentage? And he's I heard, I heard somebody yeah. stole my name that player stick to. <laughs> uh, the Cleveland running back start, Chubb, and, and Jamie already talked about Kareem Hunt. Uh, you'd... You got to obviously Tyson Williams over him. How about James White or Kareem Hunt? PPR. Uh, Non-PPR, I'll take Hunt just because there's more touchdown potential. I think, still think for Hunt, but PPR, I'll go James White. All right, starter sit Odell Beckham. I would try and sit him if you can. Uh, just don't know the the again. It's this is this is another FOMO type of guy, you know. So if you're thinking he can come in and be the target hog and 
do the, you know, we, what do we always say about Jarvis Landry for the last year plus when Beckham's not there? He's five catches and, and is the, is the target leader from Baker Mayfield. You know, you hope that's the case, but the bears know that too. And, you know, so what are they going to do to try to take him away and, and make Baker Mayfield look elsewhere? Look at, uh, look at Felton, look at Schwartz, look at Peoples Jones, look at Richard Higgins. That, that'd be my approach. You know, I'm not gonna let Odell Beckham beat me. So, um, number three receiver. Yeah. We've never seen him without Landry on the Browns. You know, we don't have a sample size of that. So. If he was healthy and going into this there, I I'd feel a lot more optimistic. Right. And, uh, what about the Cleveland tight ends? Any interest this week with Landry out? It's just so hard to say which one is is clearly the best. I mean, if I if I'm stuck, I'm going to start Austin Hooper if he's available, just based on you know pedigree and an opportunity. You know, he's been the consistent one over two weeks. You know, Njoku was the better one of the secondary guys in week one, and and Harrison Bryant was the better one in week two. But they're going to use all three of them. Okay, would you gamble on uh, Cole Komet or Austin Hooper? I'd gamble on Hooper just with the again knowing that that's what this team likes to do, and there's no Landry there. You'd stick with, say, Logan, a struggling Logan Thomas over a Browns tight end. It's funny, you know, is Logan Thomas really struggling? I think so. I mean, was he at 15 targets in two games? Yeah, what does he have, though, like 80 yards? I, I actually don't even his know. Yards are, his yards are low. You know, he had uh, five for 45, I think, on in, in Thursday night, and then he had uh, 30 yards and a touchdown in week one. Um. Yeah, I. you know, he's got uh, eight catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown. He only has 10 targets. He had seven in week two. He had three in week one. Yeah, look, yeah, if he had I, I Fitzpatrick. I'm, I'm not making a transaction to drop Logan Thomas for Austin. No, not, not drop, but would, would you start? If you had both of them, would you start? If I have both of them, I'm still starting Thomas. Okay. Miami is at Las Vegas. Very disappointed that Tua is not playing. This could have been a really good game. Uh, but here's it what... It could be a good game. I mean, maybe. Jacoby Brissett has been fantasy poison. Your stat of the game... T.Y. Hilton had 966 yards and four touchdowns in 2017. You Hilton had or had? <laughs> had. Oh, Hilton, Hilton had. had. Beautiful place. Um, I, look, I'm not even going to go through it, but he was a starter for basically a full season in 2017 and 2019, and the production was terrible. He does throw to his running backs at about a 17% target share in those two years, and that's almost exactly what he through to them last week with the Dolphins. But I, are you basically sitting all the Dolphins at Las Vegas? I'm playing Miles Gaskin. I just have a hunch this is going to be a good game for him because ball out quick. Um, we've seen the Raiders, you know, for what it was, for whatever the Ravens are, you know, Tyson Williams had a decent game catching the ball in week one. And Najee Harris had a good game catching the ball in week two. And this is the, the place where Gaskin had his best game ever, you know, last year. So... Is he going to have a, a blow-up game? I don't think so. Is he going to have his best game? I do think that will be the case. So he's he's not a, oh, my God, I have to start Miles Gaskin. But I think he's still a good number two running back. Kareem Hunt or Miles Gaskin? Gaskin for me. I just got a text from a Dolphins fan that says, I hate football. <laughs> <laughs> he's also a Hurricanes fan, so I totally yeah, that get it. Bad. Colts are preparing to be without Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, look, the, it's, uh, it's a lame week. Panic in South Florida over their football teams. Not good. The Dolphins' offensive line is horrendous. Yeah. Every time I read about the Dolphins, it's about how bad their offensive line has been. And the Raiders' defensive line, their pressure in general, is much improved. 
Uh, very interesting development so far. We'll see if that holds up. But Jay- I'm going to guess, and this ties into Gusecki, what we saw in week one happens again in week two, where they play a lot of Durham Smythe. Just a block. Yep. So does that mean you're sitting all of the passing option, passing game options, Waddle, Fuller, Parker? Gusecki. Somebody's going to have a good game. If you could tell me who it is, I'd be happy uh, to know that. But I don't know who it's going to be out of Waddle, Fuller, or, or Parker. So I would try to avoid them all if you can and you know, just give it a week to see. You know, You have a good defense. You have a good pass rush you have a bad quarterback situation you have a bad offensive line you know so fuller being put in the mix is clearly better for the team but it's probably bad for the fantasy value of all three of them really in this game i i don't think any of the wide receivers are good starts are they i mean you know rugs is gonna probably get behind the defense on one play you know whether he scores or not we'll find out but you know, he did it against Baltimore in the in the fourth quarter there to, to help them get to overtime. And, you know, he had the huge game against the Steelers. But this is a great secondary for Miami, you know, and they, uh, I think, are getting a little bit um, pooped on for the score last week. Yeah. That that 35 points was not on them necessarily. They obviously gave up the, the scores, but a lot of short fields that the Bills took advantage of an entire defense because they're on the field a lot, you know, so... The Raiders have a similar situation, but you know, you look at Xavier Howard and Byron Jones in that secondary, it's it's hard to say that there's a, a safe play for what the target share typically is for them. So Waller is the only one that I'd feel comfortable with. <laughs> you go to Foxborough and get a win in week one. You lose your backup quarterback plays almost the entire game. You lose to a Super Bowl favorite, you know, one of the favorites. I, they got blown out. I know. Like, really, just chill. Just chill, Dolphins fans. It wasn't I, I, I that think, bad. You know, and, and, it ties into Buffalo, but I think if you were to tell the Steelers and the Dolphins that they'd both be one and one coming out of the first two games of the season, Pittsburgh going into Buffalo and then playing the Raiders, you would have thought the wins would be reversed. Yeah. And then the Dolphins one and one against, you know, two very tough opponents in their own division. You'd probably say, okay, well, both of those teams probably sign up for that prior to the year. And if you told the Raiders they'd be 2-0 and against the Ravens and the Steelers, they'd, <laughs> laugh, they'd laugh you out of the building. Even That's they right. wouldn't have believed it. All right, so anyway, Derek you Carr. Did Caliendo doing John Gruden, by the way? No, I didn't see that. It was something like, uh, man, we're going, we're going not just 8, we're not going 17, no, we're going 18, no, man, we're going to win on the bye week. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Carr, 71% roster. You're the lowest, lowest on Derek Carr. You have 17th. He scored 27 against Baltimore, 27 at Pittsburgh, the six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. Um, and he scored 25 points against the Dolphins last year. It was with a rushing touchdown, but he also threw for 336 yards. So you've got well, you got fields ahead of Carr? What's yeah, that? I like a lot of quarterbacks this week. This isn't a bad Derek Carr you know, game, per se. I don't think he's going to be uh, much higher than 20 fantasy points, so I still think he keeps his streak going of 20-plus of points, but... Um, I give this defense credit. You know, I think this is a, a good unit that he's facing. This is uh, one of those games where I think it's going to be, you know, I would, I would take the under. Um, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring affair because of what the, the, the Dolphins' offense looks like. So, you know, that game last year was a track meet, you know, if you, if you recall. Um, it was a fun game. The, huh? Fun, very fun game. Yeah. Um, I just think this is going to be a, a low-scoring game. So uh, I don't think Carr hits a lot of the big plays down the field. I think it's going to, you know, have to be – uh, a lot of Waller and, and maybe one potential big play, whether it's Edwards or or uh, or Rugs, or it could be a Zay Jones, you know, play or Hunter Renfro a broken tackle, you know. So I just don't think it's a huge game for Derek Carr. Yeah. So the the wide receivers for the Raiders are Flyers and Dolphins done pretty good. Something to keep an eye on. They were pretty good against slot receivers last year. 
And so far, so good. Uh, Jacoby Myers, six catches, 44 yards on nine targets. Cole Beasley, four catches, 36 yards. It's been an early strength for them if you're considering Hunter Renfro, which you probably aren't since he's rostered in 15% of leagues. Uh, I guess we should talk. Darren That's Waller. where uh, the Allen Robinson manager has gone, to Hunter Renfro. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 15%. All right, start Waller and start the Raiders DST. They're top 12. They're not, well, not for Heath. They're not like a must start, but you can start them. Raiders or Rams, real quick, and we got to talk about uh, Josh Jacobs, or rather Kenyon Drake and Peyton Barber. Raiders or Rams this week? Raiders. All right, so what do you think about Drake? Nobody's going to start Barber, but what do you think about Kenyon Drake? Five catches in two straight games. Yeah, he's a, he's a flex in PPR. I mean, seven carries for nine yards. They're not doing a good job run blocking. So I know the Dolphins gave up three rushing touchdowns last week. I, I don't think that's going to be the norm. Would you start Kenyon Drake or Miles Gaskin? Gaskin. Okay. This game is in the books. Let's go to Indianapolis at Tennessee. Stat of the game. Mini golf was patented in Tennessee, according to knoxnews.com. How's your mini golf game? Uh, I played in the summer once, uh, but it was with um, my son's uh, half of his uh, baseball team. So it was the parents kind of just hanging out in the back and we would, you know, play behind them, you know, so not really focused on it. <laughs> yeah, I suck at it. So I think it'd be funny though when I write my 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 movie script, I'm gonna have a scene, you know, where the the guys at the office they, they meet up on a Saturday and they play instead of like golfing, they have a mini golf game, you know? They're just talking business over mini golf as a windmill. I think it'd be funny, Jamie. You know, you take the old stereotype of the guys Golfing together to make it mini golfing together. Hilarious stuff. So uh, no real golf, no top golf. Oh, I love top golf. What a fun time top golf is. Great you seem stuff. like the, the least person that I would. That's what I golf. thought too. I had the best time. It was really fun. All right. By the way, speaking of athletic endeavors, uh, we brought up your basketball versus Prisco again, and he said he would destroy you. He's he has a, a high he's inflated self esteem. He's too high. And then Heath, Heath just uh, further added to it by saying that Adam is the only small person I know that can't shoot. How does he know I can't shoot? I think he played with you once. Oh, he's right. No, I've never played with him. But he's no. just guessing. All right, uh, your other stat he of the game. Why would why would you ever leave the the paint? Well, you. Got, I mean, I'm going to check him the ball at the top of the key. He's not going to start the possession of the paint. Yeah, well, I what I said to him was that um, they're not going to call fouls, so you're just going to put them on. He's going to put you on on your backside every every minute. All right, Tennessee allowed 38 points to Arizona. You'd probably cry in that game. 30 to Seattle. Tears of joy. They've allowed Tennessee's been terrible. Third most points in the NFL. Third most yards per play. But they have faced great offenses. Okay, it's with the Colts, are you starting anyone other than Jonathan Taylor? We're assuming. Let's assume Jacob Eason is starting in this game. Anyone other than Taylor in this game? Yeah, Pittman in three receiver leagues. Like you said, the secondary is bad. You know, so he had a 100-yard game against them last season. Obviously, quarterback situation was better with Phillip Rivers. But um, I don't think they're just not going to, you know, throw the ball, and they're not going to be able to have some success throwing the ball. So Doyle's in that streaming tight end conversation, and and Pittman's in a number three receiver streaming conversation. Not a slam dunk by any stretch, but, you know, you got to hope that what we saw last week was, okay, no Hilton, Somebody's got to do you know, a little bit better job than Zach Pascal, and I think Pittman is that guy. So, yeah, I have some faith against this defense. Pittman or a Dolphins or Raiders receiver? Pittman. Okay. 
Ryan Tannehill, 14th for Jamie and Heath, 17th for Dave. We we outlined it. You could be concerned about the pass attempts. You could be concerned about the uh, just the history against the Colts. We'll see if Xavier Rhodes plays. But you think, you know, get on track. He's throw, you know, he threw 35 or more passes two straight games. That did not happen at all last year. Back-to-back games with that many pass attempts, 35 or more. Uh, you know, but then again, they have given up the, what did I say, third most points in the NFL. So that probably won't happen either. Um, Tannehill, you said, I forgot, Daniel, Daniel Jones or Tannehill? Uh, I have them back-to-back right now. Jones ahead. Start Derrick Henry and no issues with Brown and Julio. Start him up. Yep. All right. Going back to last season, it is now seven of their last nine games. The Colts have allowed 70 yards or a touchdown to multiple wide receivers. Seven of their last nine games. Surprisingly, last week was not one of them. Robert Woods fell short with five catches for 64 yards. Jeez, thanks. <laughs> New Orleans is at New England. Uh, New Orleans is one of the worst offenses in the NFL. They have run the fewest plays, but they also have gained the fewest yards and they're 30th in yards per play. And my stat of the game I already gave. They're giving up 2.7 yards per carry. They face Green Bay and Carolina, but Jamie and everyone else is still pretty high on Damian Harris. Um, Anyone other than Kamara for the Saints? No, (laughs) no. What has (laughs) happened to Marcus Calloway? My gosh. Yeah, it's... uh, it's tough, and New England typically plays pretty well in, in Foxborough. I won't even get that that into the Saints. Just, yeah, it's just Kamara. And do you think Kamara has a big game or a fine game or what from DFS per, uh, from a DFS standpoint? I, pro- I don't know what his cost is, but I probably wouldn't spend the money on him. So th- th- they have to get him going. I mean, you know, this is, this is the time... You know, look, you, you got a blessing in week one without without the game unfolded, and you just got punched in the face in week two. Um, they're somewhere in between those two those two teams, and he's got to be their guy. Patriots know that. You know, Jamie, I love all my all my shows and all my rundowns equally, but this is one of the worst collection of games ever because the AFC home games absolutely suck this week. You've got all these quarterback injuries. Uh, you got a pretty good one. Which one? Chargers Chiefs is going to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, but for fantasy purposes, you know, what is it? Breakdown. You know, well, in terms starting. of in, uh, helping people, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's a Clyde Edwards dealer is probably the only tough call in that game. Um, it's our last one that will that will do. But you got all these quarterback injuries. You got all these low scoring games, and then the, the good one could be Pittsburgh Cincinnati. But like I've been saying, I'm saving that one for tomorrow. Uh, but just like all these games, like sit, 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 sit. Tomorrow's going to be a lot of starts. What about um, what about James White? Let's talk a little bit more about him. I, th- I think you, you get away from him in non-PPR, but he's got uh, 12 catches in two games. He's got, I think, 94 yards in two games receiving. And I, oh, God, they drive me crazy past catching running backs. Just look at Naeem Hines and J.D. McKissick and their two games so far. And Gio's got nothing. But White, is he going to be consistent? You know, is he is he reliable in PPR? I would put him in the sell high category simply from the standpoint of as Mac Jones gets more comfortable, there will be more throws down the field. You know, yeah. right now he's ball out, design plays to get James White the ball. He's not going to be a disaster, but I don't think he's going to be six catches every week. He's probably going to be four catches every week, you know, and so whatever he loses in that regard, 
um, you got to be a little bit worried about. So I don't think you're getting a huge return for him. But if somebody's willing to buy in PPR, I'd be looking to sell. Uh, for this week, I think he's kind of the same thing. You know, he's a low end starter. He's got a chance for, you know, five plus catches. Um, the Saints defense is still good. It's not like their defense is, is horrible. I know they didn't look good last week, but, um, you know, I, I think that's where, you know, Mac Jones is going to live kind of, you know, he's take care of the ball and, and, you know, make safe throws. And James White is perfect for that. Couple wide receivers that I'm pretty interested in this week are uh, Marquise Brown at Detroit, Devontae Smith against Dallas. Would you start James White over either of them? Um, Smith, maybe, but no. Like I have that decision in PPR, and I'm starting Smith. Okay. Are you starting anyone else for the Patriots other than Harris and White? We've talked a lot about Harris so far. But... Yeah, no. I'll go back to what I said on Tuesday about Jacoby Myers. He's a drop in non PPR. He's a hold if you can in PPR. You know, he's still getting targets. And at some point, again, I think you're going to see some some downfield throws that'll help Mac Jones, and maybe it happens this week. You know, especially if Lattimore's out. But it's just this is not this is you know for for people that have you know not watched football forever, but certainly watched football in the early 2000s. This is what the Patriots were before Tom Brady got Randy Moss and Wes Walker. This is this is Bill Belichick's team. Run the ball. Don't let your quarterback make mistakes. Play good defense. And if you have to win by a field goal every week, you'll take it. Johnu Smith, Hunter Henry, any th- any interest? Not particularly. You know, it's not necessarily about who they are and, and what the matchup is. It's just, you know, the, the situation. You know, I think he's going to top out at about five or six targets a game and, you know, four or five catches a game. Not a lot of downfield throws. If he scores, you're fine. If he doesn't, you're in trouble. And they have one passing touchdown on the season so far. Do you think, do you think Jack Doyle is a better option than a Patriots tight end? Potentially, yeah. I should probably change my rank to put Doyle over. Okay. Uh, do you like the DSTs in this game? Yes. Obviously, the Patriots for sure. And the Saints are, you know, okay. But the Patriots, uh, you know. <laughs> Bill Belichick does great jobs against quarterbacks who are um, struggle. And Jameis looked like that guy last week. All right, I'm going to give you another trivia question. There's pretty much no way you're going to get this. I'm going to have to give some hints. There are four teams in the NFL without a 40-plus yard pass play. The Patriots are one of them. Who are the other three? Two of uh, them have... 40-yard yeah. pass play. I'll give you the first hint if you want, whenever you want. Sure. Two of them have injured starting quarterbacks. The Colts? No. They have a 40-yard pass play? Apparently. Um, can't be the Texans. Correct. Not the Texans. Steelers? Not the Steelers? No. They have a 40-yard pass play? <laughs> yeah, fair. there are 10 teams that have won 40-yard pass play. Huh. Injured quarterbacks. So Dolphins? Yeah. That's two. So we're letting two more? Yeah. Who else, has an, injured... who else has an injured quarterback? Um, We've already Bears. previewed their game today. The Bears? Yep, the Bears. One more. This one is surprising and kind of fantasy relevant. Uh, usually a team that throws the ball downfield a lot. The quarterback has one of the lowest intended air yards per attempt in the NFL. It's like 30th. Uh, Matt Ryan. Yeah. The Falcons do not have a 40-plus yard pass play, and that is surprising in two games. All right, let's go to Arizona at Jacksonville. Uh, stat of the game. Oh, crap. I cut it off when I copied and pasted. <laughs> 
despite facing Tennessee and Arizona. Oh, no. Despite facing Tennessee and Minnesota, my apologies, only one wide receiver has more than 65 yards against the Cardinals. They have faced Julio, A.J. Brown, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson, and the only wide receiver with more than 65 yards against the Cardinals is K.J. Osborne. But they have given up four touchdowns to wide receivers, or four wide receivers have caught a touchdown. So that's kind of interesting. Um, How does that make you feel about the Jacksonville receivers? I'll trust Marvin Jones at this point. You know, he's healthy. I know LaVisca Chanel practice in full, but, you know, still you got to assume he's at less than 100% to whatever extent after leaving last week. So um, Jones has been connecting with with Trevor Lawrence. We saw it in the preseason, and we see it now. And so he's a number three receiver, but I would stay away from DJ Chark and, and LaVisca Chanel. You like uh, Rondo Moore or Marvin Jones? Uh, Marvin Jones. Okay, that might change if Hopkins is out, but we'll yes. assume he's in. Arizona running, Kyler Murray start, uh, Arizona running backs. Do I even have to say that? James Conner, Chase Edmonds, I can't imagine. Well, I don't know. You see an opportunity for Conner, kind of like what we thought about Javante Williams last week? Maybe, but I got to be desperate to start James Conner at this point. You know, so uh, I think Edmonds, you know what he is. In PPR, he's a must start at this point. And in non-PPR, he's a flex. Is this a big week for Edmonds? Could be. I mean, you just, you know, it, it's going to be touchdowns. You know, I think he's going to, you know, probably get you in the neighborhood of 40 to 60 rushing yards and probably 40 to 50 receiving yards with four or five catches. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, but he, you know, he's not, he's got 20 carries in two games. So at least there's that for Chase Edmonds. Okay. Hopkins must start. Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore or Chase Edmonds? Edmonds still. Chase I don't Ed- want to overvalue Rondell Moore because he had a 77-yard yeah. touchdown catch that was nobody within 10 feet of him. Chase Edmonds or Sterling Shepard? Uh, Shepard. Any interest in Max Williams? No. Trevor Lawrence is a... I six. guess maybe if, if Hopkins is out. Chase Edmonds or James Robinson? Uh, <laughs> Chase Edmonds. About half PPR. Chase Edmonds. Is Robinson in your top 24? No. Is he in your top 50? <laughs> I just have no faith. Like this, the, my, my fears with him, you know, and this is like, I have him in one league and it's a, a keeper league. So originally I was keeping Jalen Hurts because it's round 13 or later. So Hurts was my fourth keeper. And then when Travis Etienne got hurt, I decided, okay, I'm going to keep Robinson and throw back Hurts. And so, um, we start with four keepers for everybody. So basically the first round is like round five percent and a lot of great keepers, you know, are kept. Um, so I had the 11th pick. So the second pick of the, of, of the second round, I took Josh Allen, which is you know not something I typically do, but a lot of the keepers were quarterbacks. And I'm like thinking to myself, every time I look at, I'm going to right now and I'm looking at this, I'm like, God, if I kept Jalen hurts <laughs> now, this is not a, a hurts Allen thing, but just in the roster design, if I kept Jalen hurts, I would have probably taken um, either uh, Stefan Diggs or Antonio Gibson. Both guys have clearly struggled. Yeah, you might still be 0 2. <laughs> but long term, like, you know, yeah. it may work out better just because I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to start James Robinson with any confidence. Yeah, I know. It's really frustrating. Um, but it also, it also changed how I drafted, you know, because I thought, okay, I have at least an RB2 mm-hmm. um, in Robinson. And I just don't feel that way about him right now. How about Marvin Jones or James Robinson? Marvin Jones. All right. Washington is at Buffalo. 
They don't have a stat of the game. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, uh, Washington's at Buffalo. Heath, Cummings, and Chris Towers are in Washington right now. Yeah, they're going to get Hill Country Barbecue. And I was, wa- I was watching the Yankees game last night, and their announcer just kept talking about Hill Country Barbecue. They have one in New York, too. It was really weird. He mentioned it twice. It's like they're paying him. It's really yeah. true. If you ever get to New York or D.C., go there. It's so good. Uh, where are we here? Washington, Buffalo. Oh, I can't yeah, wait whatever. for the Kansas City Barbecue versus Hill Country Barbecue conversation. I, I guess I'm not super familiar with what makes with what's unique about Kansas City Barbecue. I've never been, but everybody raves about it. Have I been there? I have. I've been to St. Louis. All right. Anyway, don't start Taylor Heineke. How do you feel about Antonio Gibson this week? I have him in several leagues. I'm playing him. You know, it's not an easy matchup by any stretch. He's not healthy. Uh, this could be a game where they're behind, so it could be a lot of J.D. McKissick, but, you know, he's still going to get 15-plus touches. I'd, I'd be shocked if he didn't. The Bills have been very good defensively so far. Yep. What about, so Gibson or uh, Edmonds, PPR? Edmonds. Really? Okay. And I think I probably asked you this earlier, but Gibson or Tyson Williams? Uh, Tyson and non-PPR, Gibson and PPR. Okay. J.D. McKissick. Or James White, who's a better pass-catching running back this week? White, just because at least you've seen two games of what his you know, role is as opposed to... Look, Washington may have a, a, a great game plan, and they're playing with a lead in this game, and then you're going to see a lot more of Gibson than McKissick. What about McKissick versus James Robinson? <sighs> I'm not there yet. Okay. I'm not there yet. McLaurin is only 20th for you guys, and the Bills... Four wide receivers have had eight to ten targets against the Bills, and none of them have had more than 52 yards. That's a very impressive stat. I'm a little nervous about, you know, James Bradbury is a good corner. Tredavious White's a little bit better. And, uh, you know, White is going to make things tough on on McLaurin, but you're not benching him. And Logan Thomas is top 12 for you and Dave, not for Heath. Yeah, I'm I'm probably going to adjust that and drop him a couple spots. Okay, who are you going to put ahead of him? Uh, Jack Doyle is one. Wow. With Jacob Eason? Really? Nah. No, no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm dropping uh, John Smith behind Jack Doyle, not Logan, not Logan Thomas. Thomas. Okay. Yeah. Thomas is a low-end starter, though. So you've got right now, you have Tyler Higby and Jared Just to go Cook. back to what you asked me earlier, I still start him over Hooper. What about Higby and Cook? You've got them right behind I think behind Higby him. bounces back. You know, we've seen Tampa Bay uh, struggle a little bit against tight ends. So I think Higby... Back home, a little bit more involved, uh, has a better performance with them uh, throwing a little bit more this week. And then Jared Cook, if he scores last week like he should have, and after the way he played in week one, I think people are a lot more comfortable with him. Um, right. Taking on the, you know, that's, that's a shootout. Yeah. And Josh Allen is a start. Starter sit Devin Singletary. I, I know we're not going to say to start Zach Moss, but he's 68% rostered. I think there's probably, a, you know, some, some fantasy matters. Should be added there. across the board. Yeah, that should be adding Zach Moss. What do you think about Singletary? So far, Devin Singletary has a 25-yard run in week one. He has a 46-yard run in week two. He looked good in the preseason. So, so far, so good. Uh, is he a start? Uh, flex at best. You know, now you have Moss back, so we'll see how much work he takes, you know, this time compared to last week. He had eight carries. Did have Moss did have a fumble. Um, you know, but I had the, the two short area touchdowns when the game was in hand. So, you know, I don't know how much that matters. Uh I know Singletary has, I think, five catches in two weeks, but he's done nothing with the ball in, in the passing game. Um, 
and Washington's been really good against running backs. You know, you can say, okay, it, it's it's who they faced, and and how much was Eckler not involved in the passing game in Week One, a byproduct of him not being healthy and used, or how much of it was the Washington defense being good in that regard. So they haven't given up a lot of production on the ground. You know, he had the the forty one yard run from Barkley, but he did nothing else. So I don't think he's going to have a lot of success running the ball. And so Singletary can give you a lot of empty production. You know, he can give you, you know, 60, 70 yards on the ground and maybe 15, 20 yards in the air on one or two catches. I just don't think it's a slam dunk if he doesn't score. Okay. Anyone other than Stefan Diggs in the passing game? Not that I would trust, no. But, you know, Beasley and, and Sanders and Davis all have a chance to make a play or two. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this, but... Keenan Allen plays in the slot, had a huge game. Sterling Shepard plays in the slot, had a huge game. Shepard is more uh, is a more appropriate comp to Cole Beasley. Um, yeah, Beasley can have like a week one type of game where he had six for 80. Eight for 60, I think. I'm sorry, eight for 60, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jeb, and Bill's DST is better than Washington. In fact, you might get to just drop Washington. They have a tough schedule coming up. Yeah, it's, that's one of the biggest frustrations for me. I thought they were going to be good. Or better. They've been Still good. They turn it around, but yeah, off to a slow start. Yeah, look, they face the Giants. Give them a break. Jets at Denver. Uh, no Ronald Darby at cornerback. No Bradley Chubb to rush the, passer, rush the passer for Denver. It probably won't matter. Uh, here's your stat of the game, though. The Jets have allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks and the fourth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Their pass defense has not been that bad, but they have faced Carolina and New England. Um, what's your confidence level in Teddy Bridgewater? Obviously, everyone's going to start Sutton this week, I'm sure, just about. What's your confidence level in Bridgewater? Low-end starter. You know, I think uh, he's he's clearly played well enough to deserve your trust um, in two quarterback and super flex leagues for sure. Um, one quarterback leagues, you know, I don't know how many people are going to necessarily have to start him, but if you drafted Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow, I think he's better than those guys this week. Um, the question becomes is do you trust him or Derek Carr? Do you trust him or Daniel Jones? Do you trust him or... Justin Fields, and it's just probably personal preference. You know, he's in the mix with those guys for sure. Well, who's the best running back in this game? It's a great question. I still think Javante Williams, for me, you know, he's... I think if the game goes as it should, you know, he's going to get some opportunities late in the game to, you know, help pad his numbers. So I would rank them Javante, Gordon, Carter, Ty Johnson. Is Javante Williams a top 30 guy for you this week? Yes. Better in non-PPR than PPR. Would you start J.D. McKissick or Javante Williams? I'd still start Javante Williams. Okay. Would you... Well, I, don't, I can't really do a Niners running back thing. We don't We don't know who it's going to... All right. So, Javante Williams, low-end starter. Nine, Niner starter over anybody in this game. Um. Okay. So, you're saying if Mitchell plays, you start Mitchell. If he doesn't, you start Sermon. I, I Well, I'll take that back. Either of those two guys. I'm not starting, you know, Patrick or Cannon or those guys. Right. Are you starting any Jets? Really, it's Corey Davis. Are you starting Corey Davis? No. No, but I'm stashing Elijah Moore everywhere. Anybody that gave up on that guy already is, is making a mistake. Okay. And Cortland Sutton is top 15 for you. He's top 24 for everyone. Start Cortland Sutton. You know, he had 159 yards. And the, I'd say there were probably three other deep balls that were not completed. So he he Did really... You see what his air yards were? Yeah, I know they were, as Jacob Gibbs pointed out, more air yards for Sutton in week two than any player had in any week all of 2020. <laughs> 309. Incredible. 
Now, air yards are interesting, Jamie, because I think for great receivers, you know, like Calvin Ridley or whatever, you want a lot of air yards. But for a guy like DJ Chark, for example, who had all those air yards in week one, air yards scare me a little bit. It leads to inconsistency. You need to see a lot of other routes. And one thing I like, for example, Mike Williams, his A dot is way down this year. And I think that's a good thing. Okay, because it leads to more catches and it leads to more consistency. And he's got the talent and the quarterback to score some touchdowns with it. Um, I'm not saying I'm worried about Sutton, but I, I don't I don't do backflips over air yards because I think for a lot no, of wide either. receivers. But that number has to like just, you know, your oh, eyes go, whoa. I, I looked at all of his uh I, I looked at all of his targets from week two and uh I would say there was one where he was pretty open. Bridgewater didn't make a great throw on a deep ball. That could have been a fifty yard pass. He could have had a two hundred something yard game. Uh, but it was just so many deep balls, but also some short stuff. That was the good. That was the good news. Yeah, and I don't think people are going to be benching Noah Fant. Would you start Noah Fant or Kyle Pitts? Still Pitts. Noah Fant or Tyler Higby? Still Fant. Oh, any interest in Tim Patrick? He's hurt. Uh, not much. You know, low end number three receiver. Broncos DST is number one across the board. Last game, Chargers at Chiefs. Yeah, I mentioned Mike Williams. This was my stat of the game. His dot average depth of target, 9.3 yards. It had not been lower than 14.5 in any of his three previous seasons. So you're going to get a lot more catches if that continues, that trend continues. Kansas City is allowing the most yards per play. They faced Cleveland and Baltimore, so that that's fine. But they are their defense has struggled, and they've already allowed... 40, they've already allowed four pass plays of 40 or more yards, the most in the NFL. Uh, are we starting everyone in this game? And, well, let's take Clyde edwards Zeller out of the equation. But the two quarterbacks, three wide receivers, tight ends, and then Cook low-end starter. I mean, it's easy, right? Start the studs, and then we'll talk CEH separately. But start the studs. 100%. Yeah, I think it's going to be... Uh... I hope the best game of the week, uh, you know, certainly in the conversation. And, you know, you, you want to see, uh, you know, Herbert go toe-to-toe with Mahomes. You want to see the two best tight ends in football go head-to-head. You want to see um, – uh, I'm sorry, not two best tight ends. What am I thinking? Uh, the best tight end. And <laughs> for whatever reason, I'm like, why are they playing the Raiders? Um, he used to be there. I'm like, I'm like Travis Kelsey. I don't know where, where they're playing next week. Um, uh, yeah, you want to see these two quarterbacks go toe-to-toe and, and these receivers go head-to-head, you know, as well. Um, what do we have? We have um, a note here. Brett Hundley took the majority of the starters reps for the Colts on Wednesday. He and Jacob Eason may both play. Okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, I'd rather watch the Chiefs-Chargers game than that game. All right. I'd rather watch halftime of Chiefs Chargers than that game. Yeah, so Mike Williams is top twelve for you, or top thirteen in PPR. Like you're just you're in love with the Chargers passing game. In fact, you it's have, hard not to be. You know, like this yeah. is this is nuts. Like just the buy low on him. You know, if people are panicked about Justin Herbert, you haven't watched the games because he's just awesome. And you know, I thought he'd have a bad fantasy game against Washington, and I got lucky by saying he was a bust alert that week um, because he should have had a couple touchdowns. He had two tight end touchdowns called back last week for silly penalties. Like it's just, it's just missing for him. I hope it's not going to be an unlucky season in that regard, but man, you cannot watch that guy play and not say, what were the dolphins thinking by taking two over? <laughs> My goodness. It's pretty, it's pretty outrageous, unfortunately. All right. Clyde Edwards, Elair is the tough call here. 
and I apologize. I should have talked about him earlier in the show. But here we are. Starter sit, Clyde Edwards Dealer. So I still think he's a low end starter. I have him in one league. I'm still going to start him. Um, the Chargers have been bad against running backs. You know, you look at uh, Antonio Gibson, what he did in week one, over 100 total yards. You saw last week um, in terms of, uh, you know, the production that they gave up. You know, I, I think that there's, yeah. a, there's an opportunity here for Edward Tillaire to, to do some things. And I do like, because we saw this um, after the fumble, like I went to see what the, the, the comments were. Mahomes, we're behind Clyde Edwards Alaire. Travis Kelsey, he's our guy. We're not going to go very far if he's not doing, you know, big things. Andy Reid, you know, we need him to to be to be the, you know, our our lead guy. Um, you know, everybody behind him with the fumble. And Reid said, you know, that's his first fumble, so we're not going to punish him for it. So I wonder if, you know, the, the reason I bring it up is I think it was uh either the Browns game or the Bills game. Miko Hardman had a big fumble uh in the playoffs last year. And the the footage, you know, of, of the the you know, uh, NFL films, uh, the whole team was like, we, we need you. Don't give up. Don't, you know, keep your head in it. You know, and they were just like so rallied around him and he caught a touchdown in the game uh, or had a, you know, uh, a run in the game, whatever it was, you know, big play. And they were just so happy for him. And I wonder if the same thing is going to happen this week for Edwards. Like they give him, you know, some goal line opportunities, a little bit more work in the passing game. So just something to keep an eye on. You know, I, I think this could be a bounce back game for him. It's a, it's a bounce back spot. Just how the chargers have struggled against the run. Okay, and then speaking of Hardman or anyone else, do you have take a flyer on Miko Hardman this week? And not as a start, but you know the eight targets were nice. It's just I think he's going to be a victim unless Tyreek Hill gets hurt of everybody being involved. You know, so he may be the leader of the uh, of the backup singers, but they're still backup singers. You know, Byron Pringle scored a touchdown, Demarcus Robinson scored a touchdown. He had eight targets, but did nothing with you know him and um, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. You know, and I think when you do an autopsy on the Chiefs, you know five five years from now, 10 years from now, and you say, why didn't they win more Super Bowls? It could be because they spent a first-round pick on Edwards Hilaire and he flopped, and they spent a second-round pick on Michael Hardman and he flopped. You know, I mean, Michael Hardman went ahead of Terry McLaurin and DK Metcalf in that draft. Imagine those guys on this team, my God. That's, it's just insane. Boy, that's a... That's, uh, I, I, I don't even... That would be so scary. But yeah, tough... Uh, Tough break there for the Chiefs. All right, we uh, we will talk to you tomorrow with the NFC home games. Make sure you're watching fantasy football today. Uh, today's Thursday, so we have a live Q and A at two o'clock on YouTube.com/slash Fantasy Football Today. Thanks a lot to Jamie and Ben. I, I also want to tell people, um, you know, because we get a lot of Ask FFT questions, and and I know Ben's obviously big on on this. We've been doing um, a separate Ask FFT mailbag on CBS Sports HQ. It typically airs in the afternoon. And so aside from what we do from uh, at noon Eastern every day, we answer about 25 to 50 questions, depending on how much time, you know, we, we go. So they air it on HQ and, you know, keep sending your questions, use that hashtag. And if we can't get to your questions here uh, or we can't get to them, you know, on our own Twitter accounts, we are doing a great job of trying to at least answer those in a different format as well. So just check out CBS Sports HQ, typically, you know, anywhere between 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody. Enjoy the game tonight. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.